This is the Negotiate X podcast, show number 27. Yeah. I mean, the odds are, Nolan, that if we get a hundred different ideas that are formed because we have different people with different life experiences, different views, different levels of education, background, experience, whatever it is, coming to the table, you get a hundred of those things on the table, the odds that you're going to come up with a robustly better idea than if you only have two or three on the table and they're all fairly homogeneous, it's, you know, I'll play, I'll play the odds of let's spend a little time, let's get creative, let's get more on the table and we'll have, we'll have a lot more to kind of, you know, sift through. Folks who want to say, well, that takes too long. I would say it takes more time when you come back and have to fix the problem later because you didn't get to a robust solution the first time, having just spent a little bit more time brainstorming, harnessing the power of diversity within your organization or within your organizations, the different teams that may be involved, different companies that are involved. I would rather commit the time up front and try to get it right off the bat versus come back and try to fix it later. You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. Hello and welcome to the NegotiateX podcast. My name is Nolan Martin. I am your co-host and co-founder of NegotiateX. And with me today is my good friend, co-founder, co-host, Aaron Denisian. Aaron, how are you doing today, sir? Good. I'm doing good, Nolan. And you? I'm doing very well. I'm excited because we have another question from our audience. And uh, I'm just going to jump right into it, if that's good with you. Please do. All right. Today's question is, how do you know when you've reached the best outcome in a negotiation? And so I'm going to kick this straight over to you, Aram. How do you know? When you've reached that best outcome for a negotiation, yeah, that, that's a it's a tough question, and it's going to really vary based on your level of preparation. That's going to be so important. Let me start by just telling a story. For anyone who's watching the video clip, you're going to notice my little uh, holiday Lego sets behind me, right? <laughs> so we're we're still kind of wrapping up from uh, a great holiday season, and my oldest daughter, right before the holidays, came home after school, they had done a white elephant exchange. And she was very excited to share with me what she had gotten during the white elephant exchange. And she pulls out this uh, nice little container of like the sour candy, like this on a on a, like a tape, it was like a tape thing, rope thing. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Right. And, and she knows that I like kind of sour gummy candy. Um, you gotta have your lickies and chewies, right? Nolan? <laughs> so, um, so anyways, I was like, well, that's great. And she said, well, she goes, I did walk away when it was all said and done. I, I had walked away with a set of Bluetooth speakers and I, and I'm like, really? Okay. So how did you end up with this candy? She goes, well, my friend who had the candy doesn't really like candy and really wanted the Bluetooth speakers. And I'm thinking to myself, well, of course she did. Um, uh, so my daughter says, you know, so I, I was, I traded her uh. and I said, Oh, okay. I, I said, Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so she looked at me cause I, she said, tell a little, I had a little doubt and I, she goes, well, I, I didn't know what I was going to do with them anyways. And I said, 
I said, well, they want to connect it to your iPod. I said, you know, a nice set of Bluetooth speakers can, you know, can be worth something. I think you would have enjoyed them. And she goes, and she was very disappointed. She goes, well, I knew you liked this candy. And I thought that maybe, you know, if we watch Hawkeye over the holidays, uh, we, we can <laughs> share this. And won't that be a kind of a fun moment? And um, she goes, and I, I just didn't really, you know, I usually listen to music with my headphones on. And then, so there's this pause. And I'm like, okay, right? Because in my mind, I'm doing the economic calculation that, no matter how good this this candy is, it's probably still not economically worth you know, <laughs> a set of Bluetooth speakers. And, and so she looks at me and she goes, did I make the wrong choice? And it's really to the essence of this question. You know, do I know I've reached the very best outcome? And I said, oh, honey, I said, you know what? It sounds like your interests were doing something nice for your friend having uh you know a nice treat that you and i could enjoy together you know having something that was that had a great utility to you i, I said i talk to my students about this all the time i said if that's your measure of success and you feel like you fulfilled that as well as you could have then you should have no regrets about the decision you made and so that's that's kind of that's where we went but it's really at the essence of of this question. I bet you felt bad for uh, questioning it at first, at least. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it, a thoughtless, it, it was... uh, thoughtless thing that she did. So, 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 nice, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although right? I think uh, Bluetooth speakers probably could have bought 10, 10 of those candies, but you know, it's still very nice. True. True. And remember though, this is, this is one of those, this is where this kind of, we get ourselves into trap is, that she's got to find somebody who's going to buy those for her. Yeah. I, I, as much as I think Bluetooth speakers are worth, I wasn't going to buy them. Right. So she's got to find somebody who's going to buy them from her. <laughs> then she's got to go, you know, acquire the candy on her own and whatever, you know, buy five or 10 or whatever and find out where it is, which I probably guess we're, we're, we're the person who got it now that we think about it a little bit. So I mean, <laughs> but there's still some legwork involved, right? So yeah. it's not necessarily, you know, you know, simple exchange. Now all of a sudden there's a little bit more effort involved and you've got to find a buyer at the end of all of it. She could, you know, be selling the speakers. And so this is where second guessing ourselves and everything can be real damaging. I just think, I think it's helpful if we have kind of like I encouraged her, just some simple guidelines. Hey, what were your interests? You know, what were some different ways you could have solved it? Did you do the things, you know, around relationship and communication that you really wanted to do? And if so, walk away feeling good, say it was a fair, creative solution. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. So definitely a good uh, lesson for for her to, to dig through that. And I think it's a good lesson for any parents out there that the same thing that you had already brought up is, although economically to you may not make the most sense, but however, when you really dig into the interests and the reasons we negotiate, yeah. then um, you really figure out why or what's important to them. So that's right. I think that's an awesome, awesome story. Well, <laughs> thanks. And anyone who's listened to us for a little bit will know that, you know, sometimes we talk parenting. I, I got no shortage of those sort of stories, but I think that's the power of, you know, the, the approach that we talk about is hopefully it makes us better in all aspects of our, of our walk, right? Our, whether it's professionally in complex, you know, supplier, client, customer negotiations, or it's at home and in our, our toughest personal uh, negotiations too. Hopefully, hopefully it helps us do a better job of those things. 
Yeah. So kind of going back to to the question here is determining, you know, the best outcomes. And I think we really got to take it back to probably interest is where I'd kind of start this one out, Aram, is, well, have we have we determined if our interests have been met, right? Because interests are the reasons we negotiate yeah. and options is how we, what we can do to make sure that we answer those interests. So kind of digging back into this, um, how, how do, how do you think, uh, where do we start for determining the best outcome if, if we've reached a negotiation? Yeah, you said, I mean, it really does start with what were my interests, and that's what I told my oldest, right? So it sounds like your interests were these things. So what are your motivations, fears, needs, and concerns, and have you solved for those things? If you go into a negotiation with a positional mindset, you've unlikely really thought at that kind of deeper level about your concerns, about about what's going to keep you up at night. You know, we talked about, you know, episode ago about what's what's going to impact or potentially impact any sort of implementation as you get into, you know, enacting an agreement. So I think you got to you got to start there. Um, and, and the more interest you can uncover, kind of the more uh, work that, you know, the, the more kind of pieces you have to negotiate around. And so I think understanding those those interests are the, are the first piece as building blocks. And again, I've got these Lego sets behind me. You can't build a lot with one or two Lego bricks. You can build a heck of a lot more with 50, 100, you know, or more Lego bricks. It allows you more room to get creative. Uh, so that's, that's one of the reasons we really want to know what our interests are and be really clear about them, as well as understanding what the other party's concerns are. And that's going to be a measure of success for us. How well did we satisfy those things? Right. And I think that goes back to our negotiate X prep tool is, you know, a negotiator thinks about their interests. I think a good negotiator is almost as clear about what their interests are as to what the, your counterparts interests are as well. And you're capturing those. And although we may pitch options that may, be more beneficial to our needs and our interests. But I think that we're also thinking about the other party. Is that, is that a pretty accurate statement? Yeah. Right. And if you think about it, there's so many reasons for that, right? One is the room for creativity is greater. If we have more interest on the table, yours and mine, the doing going, kind of going back to the question we had last uh, podcast around implementation. Well, greater chance that they're going to join us in effective implementation if they can see and experience their own interest getting satisfied. And then, you know, kind of number three would be, you know, is that the relationship is is going to be improved, uh, which is often an, an interest of, of the parties too, if, if we've satisfied their interests in the process. And what I would say, or what I've kind of noticed is that if this is a prolonged negotiation, right, it's it's you're negotiating something that is going to impact both you and them. It's relatively big negotiation. This isn't just a quick, you know, one in and out trying to get something figured out is take your time with generating options. And this is kind of like the, the no dumb questions of a uh, bad question or, or whatever the saying is, is no option is, is really a dumb option. We're not evaluating options at this point. We're not saying, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. We're literally just generating options. And and I recall you kind of telling me a story, Aram, um, during our pre-call about an ice problem. I'll let you share that story if if you think it's a good time to share that one. Sure. Yeah. Anyone and anyone can Google this. The the name of the story is Honeypot Creativity, and 
it just gets to the power of unfettered brainstorming, which is what you're discussing, right? Taking all those Lego pieces and looking at the different ways you can put them together and saying, oh, that's cool. Okay, that one's cool too. That one's cool. Eventually, we're going to have to pick one thing that we've built or a couple things, because right? But, we, but we're not doing that at, at first, right? It's the unfettered nature of it. We're not evaluating or deciding yet. Most people combine those, right? To, and it really negatively impacts your your brainstorming. You you shut the brainstorming down because you get into evaluating or deciding too early. So this this example uh, comes from a power company in the Pacific Northwest years ago, and and the problem that they had was um, buildup of ice uh, after a, a winter storm or an ice storm, buildup of ice on on the power lines, and either causing you know severe power outages or having to put line workers out on out on the roads, um, at, you know during or immediately after bad storms, folks having to climb poles, getting injured. And so that just was internal and external problems. And so they convened a, a group of, of different people from the organization. I, sometimes I share this in terms of the power of diverse perspective too, and people who could see the problem through different lenses, brought those people together. And one of the, the ground rules they established in terms of a process to up front is, hey, we're just going to commit to unfettered brainstorming. And we're really going to work to come up with many possible solutions. And so in the process of this, one of the line workers kind of stands up about mid-morning and says, gee, I wish we could really solve this problem. Just last week, as I was dropping to the ground from a pole, uh, I was face-to-face with a gigantic black bear, and it just scared the heck out of me. And somebody was like, yeah, that's I've, I've seen those too. Too bad we couldn't get the bears to climb the poles. And somebody said, well, you know, unfettered brainstorming. Let's talk about it. How would we get the bears to climb the poles? And somebody said, well, I guess bears like honey. How about if we put a honey pot on top of each pole? And somebody's like, well, that's a good idea. How do you propose we get the honey pot on the top of each pole? And they said, you know, we have that fleet of, you know, helicopters that uh, senior execs use to move from kind of power station to power station. Do you think we could drop a honey pot on top of each pole? And then that would attract the bears. And all of a sudden, the room got really quiet. And somebody said, we've got a fleet of helicopters. And there was a woman in the group who had been a uh, nurse during Vietnam. And she said, when I was a nurse at a Ford operating base and a helicopter would land, the backwash from the rotors would push you know, every bit of debris, rock, whatever, in a fairly large you know, 100-meter swath or, or more just blow, blow it away. Do you think, right, most people at this point could fill in the punchline, do you think if we flew the helicopters over the power lines immediately after a storm, we, it would be enough to break up the ice? And so that's, sure enough, that's, that's the solution they came up with and what they, they ended up doing. And it, it was a result of commitment to unfettered brainstorming. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great story. I think it's pretty powerful and it definitely applies here. And, and kind of, you know, how do you get to the best outcome other than unfettered brainstorming is also having a bunch of, you know, differing opinions. Like you had said, you know, across this entire electrical company was, was multiple different roles. And so they were all able to brainstorm together to really get at a creative solution that I ultimately believe probably was one of the best outcomes to an issue that they had. So, yeah, I mean, the odds are, Nolan, that if we get a hundred different ideas that are formed because we have different people with different life experiences, different views, different levels of education, background, experience, whatever it is, coming to the table, you get a hundred of those things on the table, the odds that you're going to come up with a 
robustly better idea than if you only have two or three on the table and they're all fairly homogeneous. It's, you know, I'll play, I'll play the odds of let's spend a little time. Let's get creative. Let's get more on the table and we'll have, we'll have a lot more to kind of, you know, sift through. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, let me, sorry, yeah, go ahead. let me jump this in too. folks who want to say, well, that takes too long. I would say it takes more time when you come back and have to fix the problem later because you didn't get to a robust solution the first time, having just spent a little bit more time brainstorming, harnessing the power of diversity within your organization or within your organizations, the different teams that may be involved, different companies that are involved. I would rather commit the time up front and try to get it right off the bat versus come back and try to fix it fix it later. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've, I've ran into... To that in the past in the military planning planning a range you know planning a um, tactical you know training exercise when i don't bring in all of the ncos all of my non-commissioned officers who you know have a lot more experience than me um, when i don't bring them into the room and really harness everyone's understanding of the problem and you know what options that they can all create together then i ultimately find out that i created a range or a problem or a scenario that was probably only half as good as it could have been. So definitely I, I have, I thought I was going to save time, but I think that ultimately it was a half of a solution and probably really didn't save that much time by just by skipping out on getting everyone involved. So let me just throw in a couple more things. So one, you want to know you came up with the best solution. I'd like to know what's fair and reasonable. So if I, if I were my daughter, I could, you know, grab a phone and very quickly, you know, could have gone to the target site. Cause I think, you know, target website, I think that's where the candy came from and say, how much is this worth? Okay. What is the fair market value of this candy? And then probably go to Amazon and say, what's the fair market value of these Bluetooth, right? We live in an age of information. None of that's secret. You get a fair, pretty fair market value. And all of a sudden you say, hey, these Bluetooth speakers are worth five, 10 times what the candy's worth. This doesn't feel fair or reasonable, okay? And so how do we come up with, now that we've come up with some ideas, maybe there was more room for creativity. You know, maybe there was like, you know, I, I share half the candy with you and you get to borrow the, the speakers or something. Maybe there was more room for creativity. And knowing what's fair and reasonable can help us kind of say, um, let's, you know, we want something that's defendable. Um, to our toughest critic. And in the case of my daughter, you know, that was going to be me. <laughs> the other thing is what's, you know, what's going to be better than my alternatives? And, and I, have I agreed or am I about to agree to something that's better than my walkaway? And so the walkaway was I stay with these speakers. And then as you were kind of, could I sell them to someone else who would give me cash? Then I could go buy the candy and still have some, you know, spending for, you know, holiday presents or whatever uh, afterwards. Um, I, that would be another kind of measure of success to know that, uh, you know, so if, and if not, if my, if I don't have a good alternative, if I, as I was sharing earlier, if I, if I know there's going to be a lot of legwork involved, it's going to cost me something to get rid of these. And then I have to, you know, pay my folks for gas to take me over to Target to go buy the candy. Well, heck, I don't have a very good alternative. And this solution really satisfies my interest really well. And then I should go with it. the commitment. Do we, does it result in a commitment that, you know, we can actually follow through and implement? And if I won't go into everything we talked about last time, but there's a lot of, there can be a lot of implement implementation problems that arise. Have we, have we ensured that we've addressed those? 
And then finally, you know, have I built the nature of the relationship that I want, both with this person that I'm business doing business with, or in, in the, you know, this case, there was a relationship component with my daughter and, and the relationship with me. Have I established a reputation for her? You know, that she was working on her reputation within her classroom by being open and, and flexible with a classmate. Did that build a reputation that she wanted with others in, in her class? And then what was the nature of the communication? Did they investigate side by side? Was it simply a trade back and forth, which I suspect it may have been? Um, but what was the kind of the process around communication that they followed? So that, those would be other ways to really kind of think robustly about did I get and did I achieve a really good outcome, the best outcome. Awesome. I think if you consider all of those, if you were to do all of those things, then I think that you can be pretty confident that you've come up with the best outcome to your negotiation. So I'm going to put in a quick plug for a webinar that we have coming up on February 22nd at noon Eastern. You can sign up at negotiatex.com slash webinar. This is going to basically be, we're putting a poll out on our LinkedIn. So if you have not subscribed to our LinkedIn or follow us there, go ahead and do that. And you'll be able to see a few of the topics that we're going to propose that we discuss. And then, but we're going to save most of that time basically for Q and A's for discussion to really identify what issues or, or what concepts you may be struggling with. And then you're going to be able to hear both Aaron and I speak to you directly in a webinar. So it'd be pretty cool. I signed up for that. And then following the webinar on February 22nd and the 1st of March, we will have the Negotiate X Pro side of our website up. And basically it's going to be access to us in a monthly webinar. We're going to have a bunch of member only content that's going to live there from tools and everything like that. So it's going to be pretty excited and you can get access to all of this by just signing up for the webinar first. And we'll kind of, walk through some of those benefits of the pro side of the website. So with that, Aram, this is a podcast that is all about taking action. And so what are some action items our listeners can take away from today's episode? Yeah, let me just give you one that we didn't really address as we talked about ways to measure success. I think the other the other thing we need to consider is considering success uh, strategically and how what we've kind of talked about is kind of a very tactical sort of approach to measuring success. Um, it's one piece of much, potentially a much bigger puzzle. And so we have to say, is that the right piece that we need at this moment? And how does it connect to other factors and other negotiations that are going to occur with this person or with other people as we try to complete the entire puzzle over months or years, whatever it might be. So I, I, it's, so we want to get it right today. And we need to also have an appreciation that it is going to fit into something bigger over time. Um, and so I think taking that strategic perspective too and thinking about time and information and people and different leverage leverage uh, levers of, of kind of success and power can be really be helpful for us to really kind of frame what it is we're trying to accomplish and how how much value it added and so that's just another kind of perspective to take on this that this one this one measure is is important and it's not the only piece yeah and I think my takeaway from from today's episode is take the time to get as many people differing opinions into one room and really brainstorm, unfettered brainstorming of what options can we generate to help us come to the best negotiation? Because as Aram said, if we have a hundred different options versus three, four, five, 
we are most likely going to determine a much better outcome at the end of the day. So with that, I definitely appreciate you listening to today's episode. If you have any questions or anything that any issues you're running to in your business or something that you want us to answer, you can shoot us an email at team at negotiatex and we'll make sure that we cover it in future episodes. Until then, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.